All right, good morning. Let's all stand as we uh, come to worship the Lord today. For those watching online, we welcome you. Uh, hope you have a blessed day and, and just enjoy and join in us with worship today.
Lord, we thank you today for who you are. We thank you for worshiping with us today. In Jesus' name, amen.
is resurrecting me. By your Spirit I will rise from the ashes of defeat. The resurrected King is resurrecting me. In your name I come alive to declare your victory. The resurrected King is resurrecting me. soldiers watched in vain was borrowed for three days his body there would not remain our God has robbed the grave our God has robbed the Spirit, I will rise from the ashes of defeat. The resurrected King is resurrecting me. In your name I come alive to declare your victory. The resurrected King is resurrecting me. By your Spirit, I will rise. She's up to be the resurrected king is resurrecting me in your name I come alive to declare your victory the resurrected king is resurrecting
beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a beautiful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus. without us so Jesus you brought heaven down when sin was great your love was greater what could separate us now what a wonderful name it is what a wonderful name it is What a wonderful name it is, nothing compares to this, what a wonderful name it is, the name of Jesus, what a wonderful name it is, the name of Jesus. Yours is the kingdom, 
If you have your Bible, Hebrews chapter 13, I have to say, I could just, that last song has been one of my favorite songs for a while, I could just soak that song, I don't know if you're that way, I can't sing worth a lick, but I can soak up songs when others who can sing worth a lick when they sing, I can soak it up, so I did, I can just soak that song up, Hebrews chapter 13, little different. Uh, there's no other chapter in Hebrews quite like it. It's uh, the title. The message is one verse messages out of, out of Hebrews. And this will go on. Uh, we'll do one or two, uh, two or three weeks. This will go on for a few more verses where they're totally disconnected. And I generally don't preach that way. I, I try to have one thing uh, that one, one central thought what, is how I like to do it. And when you leave the Lord's house, you've got that one thought. Uh, this is not that way. Each verse is, is totally disconnected from the, from the others. This is uh, the last chapter in the book. And the pastor, as he's speaking to that church, just has some logistical, some practical things that he wants to say to the church. So we'll take them one at a time and uh, try to get down to verse 4. We'll work our way towards verse 4. Maybe not make it, maybe we will. If we don't get it, we'll get it the next time, Lord willing. Okay, we're not going to read all the verses like I usually do. We're going to take them, take them one at a time because they are totally disconnected. Uh, Hebrews 13.1, let brotherly love continue. Let brotherly love continue. Let, we're going to put on the screen another translation. This is also on the, there's somewhat of an outline on the backside of your announcements. Didn't do a lot of outline this morning because of the nature of it. But here's another way. Let the family continue to care for one another. More than just the family you were born into, this is specifically talking to the church. We go back to Hebrews 13.1 in the NKJV. It's let brotherly love continue. Let the love of the church, the family. I, I like the comparison. I, I always have. You know me. I like the, the analogy that we are a family. It's more than an analogy. I like the practicality of it. We are a family. Truth is, I'm closer to you than some of my own folks. Okay? And you could probably say the, say the same thing. Um, let brotherly love continue. Okay, I'm not, I'm not trying not to spend a whole lot of time on each one, but look closely at the verse. We're going to do this if we make it to verse 4. We're going to do this uh, uh, again, looking closely at that verse. The brotherly love is the love of the church, love we have for each other. Let brotherly love continue. Okay, you see that? Let brotherly love continue so it's what's it saying it will continue if you let it right 
That's, that is what it, what it says. It will continue. It wants to continue. It's trying to continue if you'll let it. So, what's that saying? You can stop it. All right? You can stop it. You, uh, there are churches all over that are stopping it. All right? It wants to continue. The love of the church, love within us, the love we have for each other, the care we have for each other, the family care, it wants to continue. Don't stop it. Okay? Don't stop it. Let it go. Let it, let brotherly, that's hard to say, brotherly love, let brotherly love continue. Don't try to stop it. How would you do that? By what we say and by what we do. By what we say and by what we do. So before you say anything, is it loving? Does it build up? Does it help love to continue? Before you say anything, are you stopping love by saying it? then maybe you don't need to say it, okay? Well, it's true. <laughs> we could spend all day on that, isn't it? Do you have to say everything that's true? Do you have to say everything that's on your mind? Do you? Do you have to tell everybody what you think? <laughs> Some of you really want me to move on to verse 2, don't you? Do you have to say everything you're thinking? Do you have to say everything you feel? Well, the answer is no, you don't. By, before you speak, think about it. Am I helping love to continue? Which, you, you know, really, the truth is, the verse doesn't even say it, it needs help. It's, it's going to happen on its own if you don't stop it. So don't stop it. By what you say and by what you do. By what you do, is it, is it, is it going to stop love in our church by what you do? I'm going to tell you, love in a church is hard to find and it's hard to keep. And, it, it, and it'll be fine if we'll leave it alone. <laughs> it will be fine if we leave it alone. And so, as your pastor... I'm trying my best. I, I really am. I'm not just saying this. I'm really trying to watch what I say. Does it need to be said? And is it, does it help love? If it doesn't, okay, all right. Let brotherly love continue. This, this will help you a little bit. Let brotherly love, the love for each other, you see, sometimes what I want to say is because I love myself. Sometimes what I want to say is because I'm defending myself. Sometimes what I want to say is because I want my opinion. See, a lot of things that I say and want to say is, is more about me than it is about you. Well, Hebrews 13.1 says, let brotherly love, the love for each other, the love for the other person not me it isn't me it's you so before I speak is it helping you okay is it 
love for you or is it love for me? If it's love for me, if it's all about my opinion, it's all about what I want, what I want to do, then I need to really think about, do I need to be saying it? Do I need to be doing it? Okay? Simple as that. Very simple verse, but a lot in there. Let brotherly love continue. So I'll watch what I say, and I'll watch what I do. Verse 2. This is a cool verse, and I don't have very much to say about it because it just says it. <clears throat> There's not much to add. Do not forget to entertain strangers, people you don't know. And I'll tell you why it says that. Don't forget to entertain strangers, those are people you don't know. For by doing, for by so doing, some have unwittingly, unknowingly entertained angels. Now, this is why I know it's strictly for strangers. Because everybody I know is not an angel. Okay? So it's got to be a stranger. Okay? There are no angels in the room. I, I know you. Okay, all right? And you know me. I, I need to say that with more love, didn't I? Okay, moving on. Don't forget to entertain strangers, those people you don't know, because some people have done that and, are entered, and they're actually talking to an angel. And you ask me, is that true? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, there's just how much more can I add to it? In the Old Testament, I, and I wrote these down so I wouldn't forget it, Abraham, Lot, Gideon, Samson's parents, and perhaps Paul, when Paul was in the shipwreck and an angel came and stood beside him, we don't know what that angel looked like. There are a lot of angelic announcements and a, a lot of angelic uh, uh, where people see them. And a lot of times they're scary. And they're, but then there are these times with Abraham, Lot, Gideon, Samson's parents, where the angel looked just like we do. It looked like a person. Abraham thought he was talking to three men. Lot thought he was talking to two men. And on and on and on the stories go. So sometimes it's a scary, uh, what you would kind of expect, an angelic, an, uh, angelic announcement, and, and there's no doubt that's an angel. But then there are those times where it's just a common person. And so it's still true? Yes, it's still true. Isn't that cool? Uh, some of the people, maybe that you've run across were angels. And some of the people may be, and that's what this pastor's saying, when you run across a stranger, you may be running across an angel. Uh, one time, I'm not going to tell the story, but probably one time I've wondered in my life the encounter that I had with, with, a, with a man I've wondered ever since, was that he was either an angel or a prophet, one of the two. I've never met the man before, have never seen him since, and he gave a message to me. I didn't ask for it, didn't expect it. Uh, he gave a message to me. He was either an angel who are messengers of God or he was a prophet. Okay, I'm, I'm not sure. I doubt that you're going to have a lot of encounters like this. But anyway, the message is in verse 2, be careful, be entertaining 
be kind because you never know. That person you're, that you deal with could be an angel. I do believe that it's still true. Verse 3. Remember the prisoners as if chained with them, those who are mistreated, since you yourselves are in the body also. You're going through this life too. I realize, I know, that in the context that the, this book was written, he was, the pastor was writing to a church who was going through a lot of persecution, a lot of, there was a lot of persecuting going on in those days, thus the book, book of encouragement, and, you know, keep, keep up the fight, stay in, stay in this race. But, and I know that a lot of the prison activity going on and a lot of the people he's talking about are Christians who are in jail for Christianity's sake. And I realize that's probably not a lot of what we're going to face. You never know, but we're not facing that right now. But I think the point of the verse is still the same. Even though the prisoners that we deal with to, today, the, the reason why may not be exactly the same, but the point is still the same. Remember prisoners as if chained with them, those who are mistreated, since you yourselves are in the are in the body also you're a human too treat them with humanity um, just real quick and i'm going to ask a amy to step up here in just a second uh year, years ago we had a family in church who needed financial help and uh, we met and we we were going to help them Somebody in church who did not let love continue said, well, the reason they need financial help is because of decisions that they've made. That's true. That's, that's true. And so I'm not sure that they deserve our help. And I, I'm always ready to give an answer, okay? But I'm glad that for those times when people in our, when other people in our church step up and answer so I don't have to. And their answer was, well, do you deserve Jesus dying for you? Do you deserve Jesus dying for you? Well, that's different, <laughs> is it? When we refuse help to people who don't deserve help, is that different? Because Jesus could easily and rightfully say, I don't need to go down and die on a cross for them. They don't deserve it. Jesus would, would be right. But it's by grace that you are saved, not by what you've done to deserve it. And so, isn't it the Christian Jesus thing to do to treat others with grace as he has treated you with grace. Most of the prisoners that we will see visit with, they deserve what they get. So do I. So do I. But God has treated me with grace. And so what do I do? I want to treat them with grace. The coincidence is too great for me to pass up, so I'm going to ask Amy to come up and say a word. Uh, she started, I think, last Sunday night was her first time, not her first time at the jail, 
but the first time with the, with the, the ministry that she has started there. And so the coincidence, I didn't plan this. It's just right here. Once you step on up, the camera will catch you better on the uh, first or second step. There you go. So she's just going to say a word about the ministry, and we'll, go, we'll move on to verse 4. Um, as Brother Darrell said, last Sunday afternoon, Matt and I had the opportunity to go into the Poinsett County Jail and um, just spend time with the ladies. Um, I actually just had the opportunity to go to the meeting where the new prison chaplain um, was looking for people to come in and just share Jesus. Um, we went in, did all the paperwork, and got all that um, squared away. And he basically just said, what nights or days can you come and what times? And um, it just so happened that Sunday evenings at 5 o'clock uh, worked with the shifts in the schedule. Um, I think Matt and I wasn't sure what to expect, um, but we came in, and as they brought them all in, they came with their Bibles ready to hear about Jesus, and that's really all that um, I could have asked for. Um, I felt like God prepared the way, gave them the willing um, hearts and ears and minds to listen, and they're really hungry for the Word. Um, some of them um, know quite a bit, and some of them... Um, haven't heard about Jesus much at all, um, but they show up ready to um, look for that missing piece in their life. Um, it's really um, nothing like I expected. It's, it's not intimidating. They're just um, people, just like anybody else you would talk to on a daily basis. Um, comfortable. Um, just like talking to um, anybody here in, in your Sunday school class. Um, we're looking for other people to come with us. Matt's allowed to go even though we are um, ministering to the female um, inmates or detainees. Um, because we go into a small room, it's just a table and chairs and there's guards with us. And we have anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour to discuss. Um, in order to... to Qualify to go, you fill out a background check, and you have to have a letter of recommendation from our pastor. Um, so if you're interested at all, Brother Daryl has the application for the background check, and he would be the one to email in your um, recommendation letter to Dr. Foster. Now, any time that you would um, feel the call of God leading you to do something like that, um, we can work around. It doesn't have to be an all-time regular thing. I will be there most Sunday nights at 5 o'clock, but you can come once, twice, once a month, anything. Um, I feel like God blesses you just for having the willing heart to go to go into, and they crave the personal attention. Um, they crave being able to connect with people. Um, right now, um, we spent the very first week just basically – um, explaining who Jesus was and what he did for us on the cross and um, why we should care what is in the Bible. Why does the Bible apply to us and why do we need Jesus? And we're going to move forward. I know our Sunday school class in the past has done this series, I Really Want to Change, So Help Me God. Um, we're going through the rough outline of that that we can without doing the video series. We can't um, do video in there, so we're, we're doing the outline of the scriptures and the format through that with them starting tonight. 
um, just if you feel any at all that um, God is calling you to do that, um, there's a need. Um, they brought in Dr. Foster as the chaplain, and, and the, the sheriff and the county want people to come in and share Jesus. And um, the doors are open, so I feel like if God opens the door, the least we can do is um, be vessels that he can use there. So um, any questions that you have, I'd be glad to answer them. And um, like I said, Matt and I will be there this evening. Um, just pray about it, and if it's something you feel led to do, um, start with me or Brother Daryl, and we would love to get you started. All right, good. Just pray about that. And, and I realize that almost everyone in the room said, boy, I've never done anything like that. Well, I say good, you know, good. Uh, this will give you something that is by faith. So if the Holy Spirit leads you to something like that, see her or, or I, and we'll get you started down that road. Uh, you may want to at least give it a try, okay? Verse 4, that's verse 3. That was verse 3, verse 4. Completely different topic, marriage is honorable among all, and the bed undefiled, but fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. Okay, marriage is honorable among all, the bed undefiled, but fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. You can turn with me, if you want to, Ephesians chapter 5, classic chapter on husbands and wives. And we will finish here. Ephesians 5, 25, just two verses, 25 and 33. Tell you what, Matt, what I want to do is read them both and then come back to 25. And we'll leave 25 on the screen. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. And a lot of scripture in that, of course. And we come to the last one, kind of wrap it up. Nevertheless, let, nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife. Of course, that's, that's the husband as himself. So the husband's in, instructed, not encouraged, instructed, love your wife as Jesus loves the church. Also, love your wife as much more than you love yourself, okay? And let the wife see that she respects her husband's, her husband. <laughs> husband. <clears throat> Going back to verse 25. So here are the two things I'm going to, very simple. This is kind of like let love continue. I'm going to take that first part of the, of the sentence, husband's. Love your wives. That's where we'll stop there. So the, the injunction, the instruction in Ephesians chapter 5 will all wrap around husbands love your wives, wives respect your husbands. Those, those two things. Um, all right. We do this sometimes uh, when you're looking at a verse. Uh, emphasize, when you're looking at a short verse, a simple verse, emphasize each word in the verse, and it will help you understand the verse. So in, so in that phrase, those four words, husbands, love your wives. Now, I, I, we'll, we'll get to the wife, respect your husband, but it's the same, it's the other, it's the other side of the coin. So I'm just going to deal with this one. Husbands, love your wives. 
So let's do it this way. So we emphasize each word in the verse. In the verse, husbands, love your wives. Husbands, not the fathers, not the brothers, not the good friends, not the boyfriends. Husbands, love your wives. Now on this one, there's the burden is on the husband, but it's also on the wife. If you think about it. When you emphasize that first word, husbands love your wives. So, but the wife also needs to make sure it's her husband. You know, not any other significant man. It's great to have other significant men. That's not the issue. It's great to have other significant men. But the Bible says, the Bible says, Husbands, love your wives. There is no other love quite like this one. You get that point? There is no other love. There's not supposed to be any other love quite like this one. This is like Jesus has love for the church. There's no other love like that. And this is like so much that he loves her as much and more than himself. There's no other love like that. That's the point. That's why we emphasize the, the, the word husbands love your wives. I, I, love, I love my daughters. It's not the same thing. I love you. Not the same thing. Husbands love your wives. Husbands, the second word, love. Husbands, love your wife. Husband, love your wife. Do this often. Uh, Matt, go ahead and put on the screen, lust gets, love gives. Lust gets, that comes from the book of James. You ask and you pray, but you're seeking it to consume it upon your own lusts. Lust get. Lust is all about getting. So lust is not love because lust gets. Love doesn't, love isn't about getting. All right, that's from the book of James. That's lust gets. Where do you get love? For God so loved the world that he gave. Lust gets. Love gives. All the time. It always works. Okay, lust gets, love gives. Now back to the verse, uh, Ephesians 5, 25. So husbands, love your wife. So it's all about giving. What can I give? Now I know we're going to, I realize that a relationship is back, back and forth, but, but concentrate on taking that verse one word at a time. This is how husbands are. To, well, should the wife love back? Well, of course she should. But this is on you, men, husband. Love your wife. Work on loving her. The, not, not what can I get, but what can I give. Husbands, love your wife. Now, the third word, husbands, love your. <laughs> A little simpler, isn't it? Husbands, love your wife. So, every man in the house, listen very carefully, you don't love my wife, okay? Okay? You 
stay away <laughs> from my wife. And every man ought to be like that, okay? Every man ought to be like that. Men, you do not mess with other men's wives. Amen, okay? You do not mess with other men's wives. You mess with your own wife, okay? Men, husbands, love your wife. The Bible says over and over that God with the nation of Israel is jealous for them, not of them. You see the difference? God is not jealous of Israel. God is jealous for Israel. What's that mean? God says over and over, I am the only God. There is no God like me, and I have bought you, paid for you. I am jealous for you. They're not, Israel is not supposed to be messing with anybody else. God is jealous for them. Every husband ought to be jealous for his wife, your wife, okay? She, now I'm, I realize, I get it, I, I understand the spiritual part. She's a daughter of God before she's a husband, uh, a wife of mine. She's a daughter of God before she's a wife of mine, but she is my wife and your wife is your wife got that all right husbands love your wives special place okay in uh at camp one year in fact i had i didn't have to but i pulled some of our some of our workers aside and we had a good conversation the the preacher at camp one year Who's a good dad? And I get that. I try to be a good dad too. And he has daughters. I get that. I have them too. But he said, and I, and I, I know I, I know that sometimes we say things. If we thought about it, we really didn't mean that. But but anyway, he said while he was while he was preaching, he was talking about one of his married daughters. Okay, and he said that there's no way that his son-in-law could love this man's daughter as much as the dad did. That's not biblically right. It's not biblically right. Because the scriptures say that we're supposed to leave our parents, be cleaved to each other. I, I, you would be hard-pressed to love your daughters more than I love mine. Okay, you would be hard-pressed to love them yours more than I love mine. But my son-in-laws know that I want them to love my daughters, their wives, more than I do. And I think they do. That is the biblical instruction. Husbands, love your wives. It's a special place. It's a special thing. It's not to be trampled with it's not to be changed it's not to be messed with it's not to be watered down you mean it's that big a deal i sure do and god says it says it is too this is what the bible says husbands love your wives 
And it's that special place. It's, she isn't your daughter. She's not your mom. She's not your, she's not your girlfriend. She's not your significant other. She's not a lady at church or a lady at school or a lady at work. She's your wife. Okay? So husbands, love your wives. On to, let's go to verse 33. Not going to go through all that. You can do that on your own. Wives, respect your husbands. Take that same, same verse, uh, said in a different way, wives respect your husband. I'm going to say this and then we're going to pray. It was uh, on wives respect your husbands. Teaching, I don't know why, I was teaching our young adult class one day. I know it was a special thing or whatever. And it, it, we were in Ephesians 5, and in our, in our in our young adult class, there's a lot of husbands and wives. I asked the question on this verse, wives, respect your husbands. I asked the men in the room, the husbands in the room, which would you rather have? Which would you rather be that your wife respects you or loves you? See, there's two, it's, it's a different word. Husbands love your wives. Wives respect your husbands. Two different words. So ask the men, would you rather your wife love you or respect you? Which would you rather have? I was really interested in what they would say. Would you rather your wife love you or respect you? And it was totally silent, which if you've ever been in the young adult class, that doesn't happen very often. So it was quiet, no response, no answer. One of the men, finally... Nailed it right on the head, and I didn't help him, didn't help him do it. Nailed it right on the head when he said, hmm, I can't tell the difference. Exactly. So which is more important, that a wife love her husband or respect her husband? The truth is, most men can't tell the difference. It matters that much to them, okay? Where the wife needs the husband to love The husband needs the wife to respect him. And when she respects him, that is saying, I love you. So which is more important? They're both. As the husband loves his wife, she will respect him. That is the way it works. As the husband loves. Now, that's love like Jesus loves the church, and that's love like I love you more than me. And that's love that's, that's giving, giving. As a husband pours out his life for her, and she knows it's only for her, she will respect him. So, let love continue. Don't forget that you can entertain angels and you don't know it. Think about what you might be able to do to help prisoners, even as different as that might be. And then, husbands love your wives, wives respect your husbands. Let's stand. A couple musicians are going to come. This is different because I haven't keyed in on one thing. But that doesn't stop prayer time, and that's what this is. I have no idea what's going on with you 
what you might need to come and pray about. You might have, this prayer time might be for you. You need to come and pray. Whatever's going on, you need to come and pray. There might be somebody that you're just so burdened for, you cannot get them out of your mind. You're praying about them and that. And it could be a person or something going on, that. And you just need to come and pray. That's what this time's for. They're just going to play their instruments, and we'll let them play their instruments a while. If you want to come and pray for yourself, if you want to come and pray for someone else while they play, this is our prayer time. You're invited to come and pray.